Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. kind of up today. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh. New and exciting. We have something fun today. Yes. Kind of outside of the Uncle Bob's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I love it. We like to do that every We're once in a while. Stretching our wings. Stretching our wings. Okay. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Watch us fly. I don't know. <laughs> TM. Uh, hey, this is going to be a fun episode today. Yeah. We hope you like it. So occasionally we will get the opportunity to see a movie before it hits theaters. Yes. Because, you know, we're like cool like that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We're cool like that. And recently we had the opportunity to see the movie called Killer. Yes. Before it was released in theaters. Good one. And this stars Antonio Banderas. Mm -hmm. So we were like, sign us up. Antonio. Absolutely. I'm there for it. And you know what? I, d- I was not disappointed. <laughs> Look, Laura's a little flustered. Are my cheeks red? Uh, yeah, he was looking good as per usual. Yes. So I'm going to give you a rundown of this film before mm. we get into why we're here today. Yes. Okay. A PI played by Antonio Banderas mm-hmm. and his partner, Alice Eve, who yeah. is also phenomenal, yes. are drawn into a web of intrigue when they start tracking a serial killer targeting a wealthy family with a dark secret. Ooh. Ooh. So this This is an action slash thriller slash crime movie. That's why we said it's kind of outside of our wheelhouse. But we know we have a lot of fans of this genre. Yeah. Genre. So So we watched it and we fucking loved it. Loved it. We really liked it. It was good. So when we. It was a nail biter. It was a nail biter. I was going to say there are some sensitive subjects tackled in this movie. So a little bit of a trigger warning, but we think it was handled, you know, 10 out of 10. This film is now in select theaters and it was written by Charles Burnley and directed by John Keyes. Yes. Who is our guest today. Wow. We had the opportunity to interview interview him yeah and it was awesome it was really really cool we liked the movie so much yes. that when they you know said hey do you want to interview john we were like uh yes yeah. please because we found the movie very fascinating yes. the writing the directing was so good that we were like hell yeah my sign favorite, us up yeah and it was in my favorite setting Ireland. The movie takes place yes. in Ireland. I was waiting for you to get Were that you? in there. I was chomping at the bit. I was like, <laughs> uh, Ireland. Ireland. So let me tell you a little bit about John Keyes. Uh, he has spent more than 20 successful years in feature film production as a director, producer, and screenwriter. And with more than 70 credits, he most recently directed the forthcoming action comedy, The Cleanup Crew, also mm. starring Antonio Banderas. Ooh. So, you know, that's next on our it's list. A double hitter. So today's Witch Whisper is an interview with director John Keyes. We got to sit down with him. We got to ask him a few questions about Cold Killer, yeah. about just life as a director. Yeah. He's very sweet, very fascinating, very smart. Very. So we hope you enjoy this interview. 
Called Killer will also be available on premium video on demand starting February 6th, which is like tomorrow. We will link all of John's information so you know where to find him and this movie. And you know what? Follow along his journey and find his other films. Yes. So we hope you enjoy this interview. We loved it. It was fascinating. I learned so much. It really was. So without further ado, here is John Keyes. All right. We'll catch you Thursday for our full length episode. All right. TTFN. Cut, print, check the gate. Moving on. Well, thank you so much for um, taking the time out of your day to interview with us. And so before we get started, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I've been uh, I've been in the business for 25 years. Um, about 25 years ago, I was working as an entertainment journalist and oh, wow. decided to write a screenplay called American Nightmare. And basically, some friends were like, "We well, should just try to make it yourself." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that sounds interesting." <laughs> wow, <laughs> did so you did? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I did it. I made American Nightmare, and it came out 20. Three years ago, um, wow. and it's still—it's been in distribution ever since the oh, entire time. Oh, I love yeah. that! Great, and there sparked your career, right? Absolutely, yeah. Fell in love with filmmaking, film, fell in love with directing, and I've never looked back. Wow, that's awesome! That's that. right, a testament to you know the joy and love of filmmaking. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's been a very fun. It's been a very fun ride. I'm, I love that. Um, well, can you uh, tell us a little bit about the reason we're here today? Cult killer. <laughs> Cult killer indeed. <laughs> it was uh, so. It was funny as a. a speaking of coincidentally, just talking about American Nightmare. So when American Nightmare came out. Mm-hmm. January 21st, 2001, um, and Debbie Rashawn had started that movie and she had reached out to me and said, listen, I've got, there's this person I know, his name's Charles Burnley, he's a writer, and would you be interested in meeting with him? We both lived in Dallas-Fort Worth at the time. Okay. And so Charles and I met on the day it came out. He actually had a copy of the DVD before I did. Uh, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> nice. And, and we became fast friends. So Fast forward a whole bunch of years later, yeah. Charles and I had been working together, and Charles had written the script for Cult Killer, uh-huh. um, and he sent it over to me, and I just I fell in love with the script. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Charles's writing, particularly uh-huh. Charles's dialogue, but yeah. he sent me the script, and I sat down one evening to read it, and it was a page turner. I just couldn't stop. Uh, was there something in particular that just grabbed you? It was, I think it was multiple things, actually. I mean, the, just the entire, the entire vibe and tone of it, first and uh-huh. foremost. Um, yeah, it grabs it, you right away. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, that, you know, he's very, Charles has always been very much into film noir, L.A. Confidential, that kind of yeah, writing, that, that kind one, of, yeah. you know, dialogue. Yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, that grabbed me. But I think it was... I've always tended to direct strong female leads and, and a lot of my movies have been female led. And so the fact that we had Cassie played by Alice, you know, in such a strong role and then Shelly as the killer um, and that weird dynamic that formed between the two of them. Two powerhouses. Yeah. Yeah. Two strong female leads. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it just totally grabbed me. So I think it was, it was, it was a combination of the, of the characters the evolution of those characters, not seeing, not seeing very often a killer, you know, a killer and a, and a detective having to team up to uncover something even bigger and greater. And so those were, those things really captured me when he sent me that script. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you did mention film noir. I had a question about that because I wasn't super familiar 
with crime noir, we talk more fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you weave specific elements of film noir into this story or was it just in the script already? It was in the script already because it, because that's such a passionate, Charles is very passionate about that. And a lot of his writing tends to go that direction anyways. Right. So yeah, that was definitely to Charles's credit. He had, he had interwoven that very thoroughly throughout the whole script. Yeah. It did stand out to me. Yeah. Um, Even the way, uh, like the split screen and the lighting even. Yeah, Yeah. It really stood out. It was fun with the split screen stuff. So when he sent me like the first draft of the script, um, there was one scene in the movie that had the split screen. And I, I jokingly called him and I'm like, so what's with the one split screen? He's like, I don't know. I just watched NARC. I thought it would be fun to oh. do that. <laughs> <laughs> And you were but, like, well. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that I, I, you know, as I thought about it more, because Alice and Shelley's characters really are not in the same room that much throughout the movie. It's yeah, mostly through right. phone conversations. I was like, I think this could be really effective, and I think we need to do more of it. I mean, yes. it's it's definitely a nod to Cromwell, but it's yeah, also, yeah. you know, it was a great way visually to be able to put the two of them on the screen together, interacting yeah. with each other. Yeah, um, I see their yeah, personalities and, you know, their feedback for each other. Yeah. Um, it was really and interesting. And it did add to that cat and mouse yeah. kind of play. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it yeah. was fun too. It was important to me that when we when we went to shoot it, when we went to film all of this, that I was able to do it in real time together. And because oh, wow. a lot of times when you're filming, you know, phone conversations, you're you know rarely are both the actors there, and you're hoping that it all right. works in the edit. Yeah. <laughs> so so we crossed. figured out locations where we could actually set them up, have them both being filmed at the same time. I was in a central spot, and so they got to act in real time with. The each other in the sports oh, wow. oh, I bet that made great. a difference for them yeah. too. Yeah, for the characters. Yeah, yeah, sure. And for the actors. Yeah. Well, I love the use of flashbacks in the film. And I think that it really like served to communicate like the likability of very flawed characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Would you attribute that to like the writing or to the, to the actors? I want to give it to both. I want to give yeah. it to both. I mean, I think that, you know, the thing that I liked about, I mean, obviously with the structure of the story, with the way it kind of plays out, it was nice that as Cassie is working her way through the story and having to learn things about herself and learn things about being a detective, it was nice being able to go to those flashbacks, you know, as a mentor. Sometimes we've got mentors in real time that are helping guide people along. In this case, it kind of worked with the flashbacks. Right. You know, but then at the same time, Alice and Antonio had such chemistry together. They, they really did. Yeah. When we were on set together. And so they let them kind of riff and play with those. And, you know, there was definitely the dialogue that they used was dialogue in the script. But then they found their own sort of ways of presenting it and ways of riffing off of each other yeah yeah and we got to shoot it all in continuity which was great they got to experience and develop that relationship in real time as it went along as we went along yeah they really did have a good chemistry that's what instantly i was hooked on the two of them yeah for sure yeah and i don't i feel like you don't see a relationship like that Mm -hmm. in movies a lot like you kind of think it's going one way and then it just is a very endearing relationship and dynamic and i'm yeah. sure that you know is because of their chemistry and yeah that just tugged on my heartstrings yeah the, i mean the whole script was very fresh 
and, and a lot of elements that you just don't see in other movies, you know? Yeah, I appreciate that. And that's one of the things, you know, that, that once again, going back to why was I attracted to the script? I mean, it could be, it'd be very easy for this just to be a cookie cutter, straightforward thriller, you know? Yes. And and the fact that Charles interwove so many different things, including that that relationship between Antonio and Alice and, the, and that sort of fatherly nature yeah. and the mentor nature of it and, you yeah. know, the alcoholism and all the different things that kind of went into those characters. Yes. And Antonio is such, he's such an amazing actor. He's such a giving actor and he speaks so much through just his eyes. I had done, this was, Cold Killer was my second movie with him. I've done three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so I already knew him from a previous movie, Codename Banshee, and having worked with him on that, where once again, he was in a bit of a mentor scenario in that movie as well. But just seeing the compassion that he gives as an actor and the giving he gives as an actor to people that he's working with. Yeah. You know, yes. I told Charles, it was, we were kind of continuing the script and kind of playing with that relationship. I'm like, let's push it because he knows, he, he knows subtlety and he knows exactly how to pull it, pull it off without being too over the top, too underneath it. And yeah, I, he doesn't it, really need to say much. No, no, exactly. he has a presence, right? Yeah, he really does. Yeah. So after you read the script, was he your first choice? Were you like, this role is for him? Very much so. And it was, it timed itself in a way that the producers, Jordan Levine and Jordan Beckerman from Yelp, we had done that first movie together with Antonio and I had just gotten the script and, and maybe a few months earlier and, and Charles and I were working back and forth on it. And I had brought up Antonio to Charles as we were just kind of talking Yeah, and I hadn't, wasn't ready to, I had, I was just about ready to present the script to producers when, when the Jordans called and were like, listen, Antonio is, is interested in doing some more movies with us. Oh, we, wow. you, what do you have that we could throw into the mix? And I was like, oh, definitely cult killer. Perfect. Yeah. 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 And so it went out with a whole stack of scripts to Antonio and he happened to see that I was attached to it. And he's like, well, if John's doing it, then I'm doing it. That's the one I want to do. Oh, oh nice. That's lovely. That's great. That really yeah. is. Yeah. It was fantastic. Perfect casting. I oh, will say perfect. everyone, even yeah. like the side characters I thought mm -hmm. were all excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a joy. So, so. You know, Antonio, we got Antonio on board. Alice was the next person immediately on board. Um, Shelly Hannah came on fairly close to after the three of them. Okay. Um, but then even at the same time, once we got to Ireland and started doing pre-production and we were working with casting there, um, I mean, people like Paul Reed and Olwen and yeah. Nick Dunning, um, my buddy Matt Tompkins, who came over, you know, to play one of the bad guys also. Yeah. Cool. But we were presented with so many amazing actors in Ireland. And I just kept, I kept looking at, you know, as I would get headshots and, and things from the casting director and I'm like, I know this person. I know this person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think for me, that's personally really what drew me in is because mm -hmm. I love the Irish landscape. So, you know, that was just so beautiful. The score was so beautiful. Uh, so the music really lent itself to the script. And it then did. I just loved the scenery of Ireland. It was just so, it tied so well into the script. It was ominous. It was foreboding. It had a little bit of that gloom, but it was still so beautiful. I was like a little kid in Ireland getting to make this. And, and <laughs> knowing bet. that, knowing the atmosphere and knowing the landscape and the environment and what all, you know, my director of photography, Austin, we've done a bunch of movies together and we both, yeah. we both got over there and we're like, we were like kids in a candy store. We were, you know, 
just all the ways that it was going to impact the 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 environment and the tone and the feeling of the movie. Yes. Um, and they presented us with so many incredible locations. Oh, I bet. Beautiful. I bet you had a lot to pick from. That was a question I had. So I'm like a little art kid. So I instantly noticed color and I noticed this had a really cool color palette. Like it was kind of that gloomy bluish green and then the, you know, the oranges would strike through with the lighting. But was that because of the location or did you intentionally choose that kind of color palette? A little bit of both. A okay. little bit of both. I mean, it's, you know, we, Austin and I were already working before we even got to Ireland. We were already working on the color palette. I had, I had a very distinctive idea in my head of what I wanted for the movie. Um, okay. You know, I didn't want it to be particularly colorful. I didn't want it to be oversaturated just because it doesn't lend itself to this kind of story. Exactly. Yeah. But then, of course, Ireland is a very, I mean, just by nature of the weather, it's a gloomy pace. You know, right. it's overcast and it's gray and it's yeah, browns yes. and it's dark greens and and which was already the direction Austin and I were going. Yeah. And we just embraced it. And then Ferdia, Ferdia was our production designer over there. Um, and we got together immediately. Like we literally landed in Ireland at like 11 o'clock at night. And the next oh, morning, wow. eight o'clock, we were in the office with Ferdia and, and working on this. And Ferdia jumped straight on board as well. And we knew what colors we didn't want in the movie, what colors we wanted to accentuate. And okay. uh, just kind of keep bringing that out just because we don't, hopefully, the, you know, we stay ahead of the audience where the story's going as it's right. And this deeper, yes. darker conspiracy is unveiling, and yeah. right. we wanted that sort of oppression to be hanging over. I felt all the it, characters. yeah, <laughs> instantly. <laughs> yeah, I instantly picked up on it. I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm feeling kind of like gloomy, a little like yeah. I want to say sickly, but in the best way. You know what I, I mean? Understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it instantly sets the tone. Some pallor. Yeah. Good. Pallor. Yeah. yeah. I picked yeah. up on it. But interestingly enough, like even through the costume design, the clothes even represent that. But mm. then there's like some humor. There's like yeah. little bits of humor throughout the film, which lighten that heaviness. That's sort of that that humor that kind of comes in is my love of Alfred Hitchcock. You know, oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh -huh. I love that. Yeah. You, yeah. you have to have the you have to have the humor to keep the highs and the lows. So yeah. I found Alice Eve very I mean, she's charming, but I thought she was very funny. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. I think at one point she says, like, you know, she pulls the gun. She says, like, I'll kill you or I'll murder you. And yeah, I was, like, laughing. I was laughing. Yes, I was <laughs> laughing so hard, yeah. which it really wasn't, like, a funny moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that was such a good use of the characters because I feel like when humans are very flawed, sometimes they fall back on humor to deflect. Okay. And I thought you just did so well with that. Very subtly, though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you said that because that was actually something that was really important to Alice. I mean, some of that dialogue was inherent in the script, yeah. but it could be played multiple ways. And right. one of the things, like the very first conversation I had with Alice when we were walking, talking through the character and talking through the story, she's like, I don't want to... I don't want to be heavy the entire time. She's right, like, I, right. you know, we need the levity at times. And then the character needs the levity at the right. times to deal yes. with this, the awkwardness or the uncomfortability of the situation. Right. So she went through and found those moments where on paper, you never would have thought about them necessarily being humorous, 
but she allowed herself to kind of do that. And I thought it was, it was spot on choice. Yeah. It worked was, really well. She was, she was very complex, like that character. Mm-hmm. And you could see little subtle complexities. There was a scene where she was looking in the mirror and I think I saw her go through about like 15 emotions yeah. in like one scene. And I was like, wow. And cause I, this was really the first thing I had seen her in mm-hmm. and she just kind of, you know, grabbed my Stood attention. Out, yeah. yeah. She really did. Yeah, the interesting of, you know, playing off of both of those characters, both completely flawed, both having a lot of commonalities in their Mm -hmm. upbringing or their experiences and each choosing a different way to deal with that. Mm. And again, that showed so well with the side by sides, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome to hear. I'm glad to, I'm glad to yeah. hear you say that. Yeah. yeah. And it was fun seeing Shelly and Alice. And the two of them became really good friends also. Oh, cool. nice. And yeah, they've been it's been funny as a lot of the interviews they've been doing for the movie, they've actually been doing them together. And it's been really, it's been fun. So they were able to find a lot of and they they would come to they would come because Charles was with me for the for the production also. And oh. so they would come to Charles and I. Um, with lo- just different little little tiny subtleties or things or similarities that they they would kind of hit upon while they were practicing and rehearsing with each other, and yeah. then they'd run it by us and you know what do you think? And I thought that just them finding some of those commonalities, you know, but then also the adversarial nature at the same time, right. it, it kept our characters so interesting that. You know, I was like, I was never quite certain where it was going to go, but at the same time, it kept you on your toes and it brought them closer together as characters. Yeah. Kept you on your toes is a good phrase. I I felt the whole movie, I was like, I felt very anxious in a good way, but I did not know where where it was going. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's a real testament to the filmmaking because as you know, you know, we're not going to divulge any uh, behind the scenes things or secrets, but uh, it was a real nail biter the whole way through. But I got to tell you, I cried at the very end. I was, I was crying. I cried multiple times. Right. (laughs) 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 Then got you in the feels. Well, and I want, you know, there was, I, we were we joked and Alice and Shelley and I and Charles we all joked about it but we're like you know as we get to the ending and and certain things you know happen and stuff we all sort of went we hope that the audience cries because if we if we do, if we get some of those tears we'll have done our job correctly right. you know yeah, and sure we'll did. develop those characters correctly yeah you really did I felt for every single character yeah. in this story I yeah. really did um and even the ones who are bad you're you know you're supposed to think are bad or you know I I really was feeling for everyone by the end of it yeah so that's props to all of you yeah so can you share any interesting behind the scenes story from the set like is there one day that stood out to you or one scene you know it's it's it was such it was such an adventure and there's every day making that movie was a joy there, yeah. you know, That's there great. we really, you know, at least in terms of like bad stories or the hiccups, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were really fortunate on this movie that 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 wasn't the case. That's um, probably wow. rare, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the crew on this movie was incredible, and the cast was incredible, and everybody really came together. Um, you know, I think some of the things that were were particularly fascinating you know, in making this movie was the locations and having to kind of bring these together. There's, it was funny was, so the mansion where Owen's, Dottie's character, Owen's character Mm -hmm. is at, there's that mansion. And then there's the place that they call the playhouse. Right. Yep. And then there's like, you know, Alice's apartment, Shelly's hotel room, you know, Tallini's hotel room, the, you know, couple of the murder sites. 
those were all basically at the same place. Oh, um, really? We, wow. Yeah, there was a there was a hotel in Hoth, which is north north of Dublin. Um, okay. There was an old hotel that was closed down, and Ferdia or the locations person brought it up, but they were like, "We, I think we can get a couple of locations out of this." So as you drive in, we actually drove past that castle on the right-hand side, driving into the hotel. And Austin and I were like, wait, 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 what's that? I need what's to see that. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was and, perfect. And, they, and, oh, I, and yeah. we were like, could that be a location for us? Oh, and the location cool. manager's like, I, I'm not sure, but let me let me check. And so we went, but it was, and ultimately, obviously, it ended up being in the movie. But what was great was, you know, half the movie, two-thirds of the movie, was being filmed within about 100 yards of each other. Oh, wow. So I never would have guessed. I that. would have never guessed that either. It worked out so well. I mean, it's a, that's a testament to Ferdia's art department, you know, and yeah. what they were able to do, and how we were able to play, you know, movie magic. Yeah, um, and Ireland, to, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. just get so much in one little. You'd have those aerial shots of the Irish countryside, and I'm like, wow, it's so vast. That's the yeah. number one place <laughs> she wants to go. Oh, yeah. So you were really, yeah, you were in like, her Ireland. wheelhouse. Yeah. Well, and it was it was kind of fun. I think one of the fun story in a way was we were so we were filming primarily in a place called um, Wicklow which is south of Dublin um, okay. Bray Wicklow Dunleary these areas down here which is also where there's a couple of studios down there in the Viking the two different Viking TV series that have been on forever oh, yeah. oh, yes yes film in that area oh, cool. and we we actually the stunt people from that ended up coming over and being the stunt people on our movie and oh, wow. then, like nice. anything to get out of the mud. So we're not like oh. into mud, fighting with swords. Give us anything you want. Like, please give me a day off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really so we had a lot of, of people from Vikings jumping back and oh, forth nice. between us. Oh, that's us. really neat. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's cool. really cool. My husband will like that. Yeah. He's watched that before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, cool. Okay, so how do you think the film reflects the current state of our society? And like, what conversations do you hope that it will spark? Well, I think that, I mean, what was interesting, I don't, I'm not necessarily giving anything that vital away, but of course, one of the, one of the themes of the movie is, is, is human trafficking. Um, yes. and, and that's definitely something that's a, a prevalent force within the movie. Um, it was fascinating when we got over to Ireland and we were talking with the Irish producers and the Irish crew and everything. And, you know, I wanted to, one of the things I mentioned to Charles very early on is that I, you know, I want to make, obviously I want to make a movie, you know, and make an entertaining movie, but, you know, we've got an important topic that's, that's going on here with human trafficking yes, right. and, and unfortunately a lot of victims being left unheard. Um, yeah. And yes. so when we got to Ireland, apparently, and I didn't know that there, that there was, there's this, uh, a human trafficking trail that oh, wow. leaped across Northern Europe from Russia all the way over to Ireland. Um, oh, wow. And so human trafficking has been an issue and a problem in Ireland. And the Irish really sort of embraced that within our story. Oh, um, wow. And and they felt the same way in let's, you know, obviously, number one, we've got to tell an entertainment story, you know, sure. that people would enjoy, but we need to shed some light on this and hope 
hope that we create an emotional impact in a way that's going to have people start a dialogue and start a conversation about human trafficking um, and needing to hear its victims and hear from the victims and not, you know, not disregard the victims, regardless of their, you know, their class or circumstance or any of those things that they cause this, they're all victims. Right, Um, right. And so, so I think that parallels, I think the human trafficking obviously is a very, very big thing. I mean, you know, going, you know, Epstein and all of that in the mm-hmm. ongoing yes. nature we keep seeing it in the news yeah so you know one of my hopes is that people do continue a dialogue and sort of do some of their own investigating um to see ways of of, of supporting the stop to trafficking and supporting the voices of the victims. The voices yeah right. yeah i will say that is you know props to all of you i never at any point felt like it was exploitative like I thought yeah. you handled the the sensitive subjects very yeah. appropriately. Mm-hmm. Good, I appreciate While still, that. Still, you know, still yeah. entertaining. Well, sure. Yeah. I think if you want to go into it and you just want to watch a good thriller movie, that that's there. You can get it. But yep. you're planting the seeds for deeper conversations if you're also looking for those, and you know, letting the movie have a voice mm-hmm. uh, for the people that are looking for that. You know. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. I'm glad that you both took some of that away also. Yeah, yeah that was absolutely. We had so many conversations during the course of pre-production as well as production of just wanting to always find the right balance so that we never got, you know, we did never want we we needed to push the horror and we needed to push the violence and we needed right. to, you know, express that, but we never really wanted to push we never wanted to go over the edge. We never wanted to go into the realms of exploitation and just keep it all at an emotional level. Right, um, yeah. And so that was something that was very important to everybody making the movie. Yeah, I think that's the thing. At the core of it all was the heart, and especially the two lead actresses. Like yeah. they did keep it grounded, and and yeah. you know it had heart. It had their story, and mm-hmm. and the you know keeping their voices heard. Yeah, was Good. kept what ringing in my head. So yeah, absolutely, yes, that's nailed great. it. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up, so I'm a new parent. And so one of the scenes that really stuck out to me was the conversation between Cassie and Tallini about legacy. Yes. Yeah. I rewatched it a bunch of times. Cause again, that's probably where I cried. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, what do you hope to be your legacy as a filmmaker? You know, that's a, you know, I've never been asked that, that particular that question. That's interesting. You know, it's funny is it's evolved over time. Um, You know, I mean, I think when I started like my own company, I call Highland Mist. um, And it's sort of a reference to the Celtic traditions of storytelling and the idea that our ancestors exist in the other world and we can hear their voices through the mist. That's That's a very old Celtic Mm -hmm. tradition. So my legacy was uh, just about carrying on the legacy of of my ancestors of the storytellers and my grandparents were storytellers. My great grandparents were storytellers. I come from a long line of, of storytellers. And, oh, I love and so, that. you know, I just wanted to entertain people and I wanted to tell stories and, and hopefully in some way honor, honor that tradition as a legacy. But what's sort of evolved since then is that both of my nephews, I don't have kids of my own, but both okay. nephews have, have are in filmmaking now. Oh, um, wow. 
you know, my my one nephew, Christopher, he's a photographer, a very gifted photographer. He came out. He was actually our photographer on the movie. Oh, uh, nice. Wonderful. And he's done a bunch of movies with me. Um, and then my other nephew, Matthew, is a screenwriter. Oh, um, nice. He ended up deciding completely out of the blue, junior year of high school, that he wanted to go to film school. And my sister and I were like, what? Where'd that come from? <laughs> you were like, was that me? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Matthew's, I mean, he's 23. He's got wow. four or five produced movies. Wow. Um, one of them so was impressive. the Antonio, my first Antonio movie. Matthew wrote that one. Oh, um, that's so And cool. so I think my legacy in that regard of what Tallini and Cassie are talking about in the movie and carrying it on through blood, you know, and through. It is yeah. in your family. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in my family. So in a way, my nephews are, are that legacy, yes. legacy as well. That's so that's touching. Really be- that is. That's beautiful. We, so our podcast, we talk about folklore and mythology yeah. a lot. So you really, yeah. you know, you're speaking to our souls yeah. when you said about carrying on the traditions because yeah. we talk a lot about that. Yeah, and yeah. the Celtic mythology is my favorite for sure. Same, same. I actually, back before I was a filmmaker, I was actually teaching Celtic mythology and Celtic traditions oh, and stuff. Wow. That was sort of a... I had gone, I'd done schooling for it. And, and so a lot of, so even that, you know, even that part of it, even though obviously cult killer doesn't really deal with Irish, you know, Irish right. mythology or anything, but being able to be there in the land of oh that, of gosh. that mythology that I, I embraced so much and, yeah. yes. you know, tried to, you know, just kind of continuously be aware of that tradition in what we were making. Wow. I feel like it, it's just looking at the scenery and the landscape. It's just palpable. While you're there, it's, it's like you can't help yeah. but take it in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We got to get you there. It's I know she's looking at me like, oh, please take me there. <laughs> well, even like, you know, the, the, the mansion, their mansion stuff, there's the scene when, you know, when, when Cassie, when, when Cassie, when they show up to the castle and they, inter- they interact with the three armed guards mm-hmm. yes. front, but then Cassie comes back later and she's kind of hugging that wall to sneak yes. in and try to break into the house. That's an eighth century Norman tower. Oh wow! You know, Whoa. like there's this, you know, over over whatever, what are the twelve, thirteen hundred years, you know, um, but that tower stood up on a hill overlooking the bay, and then slowly structures over the centuries were built and added onto it. So I mean, I remember I had that moment when I said cut on that on that particular scene, and because we were standing right there on the on it, and right. and on a setback, I'm like, my God, I just shot a scene in an eighth century tower. Wow. <laughs> Let's drain yeah. this in. Wonder yeah. the people that have touched the wall or been here, what they've done, and wow, wow. fascinating. Wowza. Yeah. All right, so we like to finish our interviews with three rapid fire questions. Oh, so, so <laughs> don't overthink it. We're just going to ask, and the first thing that comes to your mind. First okay. one's easy. Maybe. First one's easy. What is your sun sign? Aries. Ah. Do you find that that served you well? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Get in there and get it done. Yeah. Yeah. We love Aries. We have a lot of Aries in our birth charts. We have a lot of fire. (laughs) Me too. Almost a little too much, I've been told. But yeah. (laughs) All right. What's the first movie that you've seen that impacted you? Like the first movie you ever saw that made an impact on you? There's three actually, because I okay. I thought about that before, and there's three. And the and I grew up in a family. My my grandfather was a bit actor in the 40s, unknown, oh, just wow. extra extra work and stuff. But oh, wow. so I grew deep. up on the black and white movies and such. Nice. And the three that really I remember so well was uh, the Canterville Ghost. Oh, love um, that! From way back when, yeah. And then the Ghost of Mrs. Muir. Love that. And then Hitchcock's The Birds. 
Uh, I'm going to be covering that. I was going to say it's on yeah, our board on our over board. there to cover. Yeah. Yeah. I have somehow never seen the birds. Yeah. I don't I saw, know how that happened. Yeah. The birds are, it's, you know, I've, I've, I'm such a huge Hitchcock fan and so many other movies have kind of, you know, in my mind as great Hitchcock movies have sort of evolved since then, but the birds had such an impact on me as a kid. Yeah. And I never thought about being a filmmaker. I knew I wanted to be a storyteller, but I never thought of it in terms of movies, but yeah. Hitchcock's the birds in particular stuck with me, but all three of those movies, like if it was on, of course, this is back when, you know, we didn't have cable or anything like that. You know, if they were going to be playing as the noon movie, I'd figure yeah. out being sick so I could stay home to see them when they came on. TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And last question. If you had an unlimited budget, what movie would you remake? Oh, wow. I've always wanted somebody to ask me that question. Something Wicked This Way comes. <gasps> we love I that movie. love that movie <laughs> so much. That is yeah. such- Jason Robards. Oh my God. Absolutely. My entire career. I have thought about that. That that if I could remake one movie, what would it be? And it's, and it it just, that movie had such an impact on me as a kid and growing up. And I continue to watch it over and over the performances. Once again, it's a genre movie, but it's a drama and it's about characters. And I'm a huge fan of Bradbury's book. I absolutely love the book also. And then where technology has gone in terms of visual effects since oh, then. Oh, really? Gosh. Yeah, something. That's a great answer. I did oh, not that's expect a great that. answer. We yeah. like bring that movie up to everyone we know we and they never know what we're talking we, about. I covered it, I think last year. You did. Oh, wow. And I love that movie so much, but yeah, you should remake it. Oh, it would be great. I so would love to. We will I be first in would. line. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Wonderful. thank you so much. It was this lovely was talking great. to you. It was we great really, talking with you both. I so enjoyed this. And we really enjoyed the film, truly. Yeah, it was so great. thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. I appreciate and it. And have a great day and, you know, much success on the next movie coming out. Sounds Yay. good. Hopefully we'll talk again. All right. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank All you right, so bye. much. Thank you. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye.